You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey everyone, hope you had a fabulous uh, weekend. Uh, but it's not over yet. It's time for the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 with me, Laura Bellotta, author and founder of Single in the City. And hosting we, with me tonight is Sandra Carusi. Hello. From, <laughs> from Inside Joke. She's also the executive producer of the show. Now, over the past couple of shows, we've mentioned that men experiencing relationship issues or issues in general don't seem to reach out for help. So tonight, we're bringing some help to them. Today in studio, we have Eric Pierni. He's a registered psychotherapist and certified sex addictions therapist at Men's Therapy Toronto. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And also stopping in is Adam Grove from Cash Cab. You know that show? What? What just happened? What show am I on? I didn't even realize. No, I yeah. knew. I knew. Yeah. I'm used to being on a game show and you're like, sexual therapist for men. What, what are you trying to say? What's your... What's your point? What do you, why am I here all of a sudden? I have no idea. Right. See, but this is what happens with men when that subject comes up. That's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eric is here to discuss the male psych, uh, psyche and some of the issues men struggle with. So uh, to all the men out there tuning in, you're going to want to turn up the volume a little and listen good. Okay. So let's get started. <laughs> all right. Eric, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So what inspired you to want to open up a men's uh, therapy clinic? What is your mission? I think the main intention behind it was I was just trying to debunk the idea that men don't ask for help. And so I heard that all the time and I wasn't sure whether- And that's that, why you're here because we, 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 we've heard that. Yeah. And the question is, is that really true? And so the genesis of that is when I was in Waterloo, I was working as an executive director of a counseling center and I started um, meeting other executive directors of other counseling centers. And what I was noticing when I was going to the other counseling centers was that 95% of the staff, the therapists and psychotherapists, were women. And then when I walked into the counseling centers, the feel of it was very kind of new agey. And it kind of put me off a little bit. And I started to ask the question. I said, what if we flip this? What if the counseling center was staffed by 95% men? And when you went in there, there was a very heavy masculine feel with warriors and swords and champions talking about conquering your demons. I said, well, how many women would actually walk into that counseling center? And so that was the genesis of Men Therapy Toronto saying, I don't think men don't ask for help. I think the bigger problem is that we don't make it easily accessible for them. And that's really where it, which, where it started. And based on what's been going on with Men Therapy uh, Thor- Toronto, it's kind of accurate. They're just looking for a safe place. So by default, just the name of it implies that other men are coming which makes it safe for them to come. And so uh, for me, it reminded me when I was a kid, we would say, well, why, don't, why aren't women going, uh, going into engineering? We'd say, well, because they don't like math. Well, was that really true? And so this is kind of the same thing. So I'm not one that believes men don't ask for help. I just think we need to make it a little bit more accessible to them. So that's really the genesis of it. Do you think they're more inclined to get help from a male like yourself? I don't rather know. Rather than a female? Because I have, I'm a date coach and I get, a, I get more male clients than I do female clients. They wow. feel more comfortable with me. Yeah, I think really... Maybe it's my male energy, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's two types of male clients. There's the one male client who actually prefers and wants to be sitting with a man. And, and that's great. And there's the other male client, the one that's actually terrified of doing that. 
and he's the one that actually needs to be there the most. And so oftentimes men will gravitate towards women because that's safer. I mean, think about it. You're sitting, uh, let's take a traditionally heterosexual man. You're sitting in an intimate confine with another woman and there's something comfortable about that. But imagine doing that in a small space with another man. There's something very intimidating about that. But that's exactly where they need to move towards, at least the clients that I see. How about you, Adam? Well, I think beating the culture of men can be difficult for some men. So there's the culture that men don't need help in the same way that women need help. But I think you're right that, you know, we're used to, however, on first dates or in our courting, and we're talking about heterosexual men, that we need to open up to win over the woman uh, of our hearts. So there's a little bit more of, a, of an inclination to talk to a woman. Uh, and but I have found in 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 my circles of men that once you demonstrate and, and communicate that you are prepared to talk about stuff, uh, other men typically are kind of like, you know, comes down a little bit like, oh, OK, like the, the shield comes down. But you have to kind of, you know, there's this unspoken culture of men that we don't seek assistance. But mm-hmm. I'm actually not the best example of the archetypal man, because for all of my life, I've been a strong believer in therapy. And that we oh, that we should be talking about things. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I have gone to counseling just when we're trying to work out. Have you ever initiated it yourself? Absolutely. Oh wow! I'm awesome. a I'm a firm believer. Like I don't I don't always <laughs> we're stunned go, here. but in the same way that I take care of myself with a chiropractor or a massage mm, therapist mm-hmm. or I exercise, you've got to exercise your thoughts and kind of work stuff mm-hmm. out. And sometimes when we're having problems like a parenting issue with our kids, instead of trying to work it out in our own kind of circle at home, uh, we work on it together. Um, and I've had, you know, professional instances where I've gone to therapy. I was like, what, you know, like everybody professionally, doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You have a moment, you go, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What is happening? And so I go, well, why am I not asking a professional for some help and some guidance? Like in terms of what's going on, it doesn't last forever. I get, you know, to a place where I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm not healed, but I'm strong. But, uh, you know, I think that anybody that's got issues, you can't work it out on your own and that people should feel comfortable whether it be a man or a woman, mm-hmm. that they're taking care of themselves by going to a therapist. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Eric, what kind of... Oh, well, that, yeah. I, I think, Adam, you're touching on one of the key points. And so with men particularly, I would say at core of what uh, brings them a lot of issues is what we would call shame. And shame, what it wants to do, it wants to hide. And the problem with shame is you can't actually move out of shame in isolation. So most men, what they try to do is they try to sit there and they try to kind of figure things out. Oftentimes they try to hit the home run. So they try to think, well, maybe if I get this good job or if I do this or if I do that, but they're doing it in isolation and it's not going to work. The metaphor I like to use for shame is a little bit like if a fish were born in polluted water. If that fish were born in polluted water, the fish would have no idea that the cause of its problems is the dirty water. So it'd go all around the ocean trying to figure out a solve to why it's not feeling right. And that's a little bit how men are operating. They kind of have this kind of polluted thing, but that's what they know. And so you can't come out of that because you can't see it. You need to be with someone else. It doesn't need to be me or a therapist. It could be a really good friend, a family member, uh, but someone that you start getting really vulnerable with. But uh, You know, oh. we have to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. And uh, stay with us because when we come back, we're going to talk about a man's masculinity. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. 
We're back. You're uh, tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. And today uh, we are with Eric Pierney. He's a registered psychotherapist. And we've got Adam Grove from Cash Cab here joining us. Also Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes. And uh, I want to talk about a man's masculinity now, okay? Mm-hmm. Emasculating men. I think is 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 huge. I mean, I think a lot of us women are mm-hmm. guilty of it. Yes. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm more aware of it now, so I don't do it as much as I did in the past. Me too. Um, but, you know, even little things like, I can't believe you don't know how to fix that, or I can't believe you don't know, you, you can't take that mm-hmm. top off or the lid off that jar, or little well, things like that. That's the little things. I think the bigger things are things like expectation of what me doing everything and women are really guilty of going you don't do enough but it's because we but we're is that really it. emasculating them? i think so because then why they, never they feel should be good doing enough. more though <laughs> no but it's our fault for doing it because or, or rewind to the top of the show where you said and this is going to be great advice for men and so you men out there you're going to listen Right, yeah. like we're we're used to being told. Yes, right. And that's a problem. But that's, wait a sec. But that's just my personality. Personality. It's my. Yeah, fun she usually bashes joke guys. Yeah. No, she doesn't. She does not. But Eric, that's why we have this um, uh, expert here because this is something I talk about in my stand up comedy. This is stuff I talk about on the show. And um, you know, I'm going to put it best. My friend owns a dance studio, and she said, you know, couples come in to learn how to dance, and I always have to yell to a woman to stop leading. And to let the guy lead. And I think that's a great metaphor for what's happening in relationships. You know, and, um, you know, my comedy, I make light of, like Ali Wong does, about the new feminism is anti-feminism. And that is we may have emasculated men in our efforts to gain equality and empowerment. And we're not really telling guys what to do. We're just kind of uh, like Mack trucks running through them. And I think that's just creating a bigger divide between the genders, Eric. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just going to, sh- I'm obviously just sharing my opinion here. So I, I welcome the listeners to kind of take what fits and leave what doesn't. But uh, in my opinion, there's nothing another human can do to emasculate a person. Uh, a mm. man emasculates himself. There's nothing, wow. if, if the idea were that you could emasculate a man, that would mean that for him to access his masculinity, he would need you to do something different. So it'd be essentially like you'd be holding his penis because if you'd be doing something uh, that is non-emasculating, now he's a man. If you'd be doing something that's emasculating, now he's not a man. I think there's a larger context that needs to be kind of injected here. We're kind of in a new terrain. You know, we've had, what, a couple of thousand years where the name of the game was patriarchy, male dominance. That's archaic and it's not working anymore and everybody agrees. But what's coming in the vacuum? So right now what we see is we see two extremes, or at least what I see is two extremes. I see the men that try to follow this patriarchal ideal and the kind of, they want to be this dominant guy. And that's the macho guy that we typically know of. And he's... But I think that's what he thinks is expected of him. Exactly. And so, but he's coming from a place of fear. But the other guy that's just as common is the guy that what he did is he took patriarchy and masculinity and he made it one and the same. And he chucked them both out. Hmm. He said, well, patriarchy is not good and it is masculinity and he chucked them out. But masculinity and patriarchy are not the same thing. And so that guy is kind of the new age guy, or at least that's what I call him. And he's just as ineffective or just as scared as the um, as the one that's macho. So they're literally two sides of the same coin. Uh, And so the question becomes, how does a man now start genuinely empowering himself? So generally taking, you know, some of the masculine ideals and incorporating that in a new way. But we're trying to figure this out. 
You know, this is new for us. This relationship between equals, an intimate relationship, that's new. Husband and wife implied a, a power dynamic that no longer is accurate. Sorry, Laura, I have to jump in because you and I talk, as my dating coach, we talk about me maybe cooling my jets a little bit and my male negative energy, or my it's male energy. It's not negative, it's not negative. It's just it's, male it's energy. male energy. And so let's pick on, let's go at the beginning when uh, Adam highlighted what Laura said and said, you're not doing this or, or whatever. Listen. So that's not emasculating? <laughs> what is that? That's, that's, that in that case, that would be the woman coming from her place of fear. So now the man has to decide when some. Well, now the man has to decide what he wants to do in response to that. So does he want to just kind of um, get angry and push her away? Does he want to stuff his anger? Does he want to react in anger, or does he want to find what's a healthy assertiveness? And 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 that hmm. could be his choice. But you know, it's not it's not his place to respond to someone else's. But it's a common response for men to go, okay, I'm not doing that right either now. Like, you know, I can't seem to please her. And, you know, this is a common thing I hear. I've seen men too, like, fine. And then they get into a relationship with someone who's very powerful and emasculates them by telling them they're not good enough. And then they're almost like a shriveled up little guy in the corner. But, you know, <laughs> like Eric almost, just... almost like they've lost their balls. No. Like, I've seen that, but I know what you've... Yeah. yeah, he just said we can't emasculate. Yeah, emasculate. How, 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 so it, it, follow that trend. So that would, what would that mean? That would mean to to make the man a man. The woman would have to do something. Interesting. Yeah, she makes him feel insecure. You know, have low self esteem. No, the bigger question for the woman would be, why has she attracted a man like that in her life? We have to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. We're back. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. Uh, special guest, Adam Grohl from Cash Cab. Thanks for uh, popping in. Yeah. Eric Pierney, he's a registered psychotherapist at Men's Therapy Toronto. Also, Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes is my co-host. And we're talking about uh, men's masculinity. Does a man's fragile masculinity have anything to do with the way we raise them? Or is it simply naturally just the way that they are? You know... Is it something you're born with? You know, my experience, you know, a lot of the men that I come in when, uh, when they come and see me, one of the first questions, not one of the first questions, but one of the questions I'll ask in the first session is, how do you feel about yourself as a man? It's very fascinating, the answers that I hear. Often I hear adolescent, a boy, inadequate... Mm. That's how they feel. And they've ingested that and they live in the world as if it's true. But then when I peel the layers back and say, well, where has this come from? I mean, nine times out of 10, there'll be some sexual trauma in their history. There'll be some type of physical abuse. There'll be an absent father. There'll be an overdominant mother. So, you know, these things, they don't happen by accident, you know, and we haven't been great how we've, at least in my opinion, how we've raised our young boys. Mm -hmm. You know, we do a lot with young girls in terms of girl power and all that stuff. And the young boys, it's as if we treat them as if you should already have it figured out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And so, but this has been going on for generations. Um, and so a lot of them, they come to this honestly. They're trying to make, they're young boys and they're trying to make sense of the world. Like, why is my dad hitting me? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Well, I must be inadequate. You know, why yeah. is my dad not taking That's me out or not? That's your dad's problem, or, or not, not yours. Talking? Yeah, but... Kids but don't know that. Yeah. Kids don't know that. Yeah. You know, I have two boys, and one thing I focus as a single mother a lot, because I am a strong woman, not domineering necessarily means strong. I do watch my, my behavior because I know how much impact it's going to have on them. And even bef- when they were infants, I would read books like How to Raise a Gentleman and my role as a mother and 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 I think the way girls are being raised I'm trying to raise my boys to be able to be good husbands to those strong girls because I think they're these girls are even being raised with more strength than me and so that's a task in itself like on the parenting of boys much to what you said so I'm glad you brought that up because I mm-hmm. think the responsibility lies as parents Adam do you have boys I have a, a boy and two girls okay and you know in my own social experiment what I found <laughs> in, in the confines of my own house is you know there Laura and Eric obviously it can be you're born with certain qualities and personality traits and there's some that are cultivated and, and nurtured and I I think and I don't you're the psychotherapist uh, I, I'm just a hack psychotherapist mm-hmm. uh, but I think it comes down to what whether you're worried about your femininity or your masculinity, it starts with self-esteem. So for instance, all of my life, since I was a young man dating, I've had women tell me, you you were meant to be a woman. Like you talk and you think you're intuitive like a woman, but that never offended my sense of masculinity. We're going to talk about that right after this. I know. Okay. Yeah, so, I, so if you had told someone else that that was a little bit fragile, like, what are you talking about? I'm a guy. I'm not like, you know, I, I might have, you know, but I was raised, and I'm not saying my childhood was perfect, but I, I had self-esteem. So it didn't threaten me. So I think you have to start with that before you start worrying about fine-tuning and being taking control, because I also agree with you, Eric, that mm-hmm. we are in control of ourselves, and mm-hmm. we have to take control of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're the ones responsible for mm-hmm. how we present ourselves to the world, not uh, a woman who says, listen, I was just teasing you. Not a, you know, <laughs> listen we're, up. <laughs> we're in control. But would you agree that it starts Please with a basis up. of self-esteem? I mean, I don't focus on that. I, I think self-esteem is the positive consequence of, of working through some of these 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 so issues. It's the result. Yeah, it's the result. Okay. That's that's how that's how I see it. And I mean, I'd like to just touch on the point about uh, raising young boys. I mean, I obviously, again, this is an opinion. I don't have the answers. But one of the things that I do see, particularly with men, is that it'd be great if men started getting a little bit more courageous when they're with their young boys, and rather than asking and telling, just sharing with young boys from their place of vulnerability. Letting them know, you know, when they're going through puberty, letting them know what that experience was like for them, mm-hmm. but not not asking them what's going on with them, but just that volunteering of, you know, I remember when I was going through puberty, I was scared to be in the locker room. I was scared to see the other boys see me. And it's amazing to see the young boys' eyes open up wow. just because they have that feeling like, okay, you know what I mean? Rather than, you know, giving them uh, rules or telling them information, just let's start getting a little bit more honest with these young boys about, uh, I'm talking about for, for men out there, get more honest and just be vulnerable with them. Let them know what you struggled with. Yeah. So. Okay, well, we have to take a break. Um, we're lis- uh, you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM640. We're talking about issues that men struggle with, uh, with Eric Pierney, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. 
Hey, everyone. What a great show. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio and 640 with Eric Pierney, a certified sex addiction therapist, as well as Adam Grove from Cash Cab, Santa Cruz from Inside Jokes, and me, Laura Bellotta from Single in the City. And I want to talk about um, effeminate behavior now. So, um, we, you know, we live in a world that tells us that, that men and boys, um, you know, that being feminine is awesome is awful it's like one of the worst things possible um you throw like a girl you run like a girl Mm. um you know don't be such a pussy Mm -hmm. stuff like that right so what effect does society have on effeminate men um well let me start let me see yeah define effeminate let's start let's start with first of all what is an effeminate man some people might not know what that is let's I, I want to be clear uh, from my opinion that there's no connection with a man's masculinity and him being effeminate or not. So there could be the most effeminate man. Let's let's say traditional effeminate in terms of a man who's very vain, a man who's overly expressive. That does not mean that he is emasculated or he's lacking in masculinity. So they, they don't go together because we can't know what's going on behind the man, okay? But there are some men that what they have done is they feel inadequate as men and they've kind of taken on this free pass to say well i'm going to reject masculinity and patriarchy i'm going to throw those all out all out and they almost feel ashamed to express themselves as men and then what is left is what we would see traditional effeminate behaviors now none of that is problematic but most of the my clients that display that what happens is when you're in the bedroom there's nowhere to hide so if you're kind of being acting in an effeminate way because it's rooted in your sense of shame about your masculinity well when you're in the bedroom you're probably gonna have a hard time performing there because now the show's over you're 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 completely exposed Uh, and so now the truth of how you feel about yourself will come out i recently read an article on wikihow Uh, that was titled How to Be More Masculine When Feminine. And the advice they give is project confidence because men tend to act more self-assured than women. Take risks because that's what men do. Be tough. Be independent. Own your own emotions. Speak your mind. Dress in a more masculine way. (laughs) Make a feminine body look male. So bind your chest. I found that very odd and offensive. Um, so what do you think of this article? What do you guys think of this article? Well, I don't, I don't think that there's any recipe book. Like you can't just say, oh, you know, start doing the check boxes and then go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a man. I'm a right? man. You, you have to, it has to come from within. And then that's just going back to the, you know, kind of what would be more stereotypical, outdated, you know, and perceptions of what the expectation is, man. Right. I think Eric's already brought to the, uh, to the point where we're, we're in a new age right now. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we might not have a clear definition, but there's definitely change and, and they don't apply. But I, I can tell you that I certainly play basketball and hockey and have men in my network that are what would be traditionally called a man's man still to these days and to this day. And sometimes it's kind of surprising that such a strict uh, example of that even still exists in 2017, right? Yeah. You know, like some, like guys that literally don't do anything domestically around the house with their kids, cooking, cleaning, nothing. Don't even do their own laundry. Yeah. If, if To take a benign example. That still happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to be Not clear. Not in my home, though. <laughs> just to be clear, there's, there's nothing on the outside that would be able to let me know what's going on the inside of a man. So the man could be, 
your prototypical man's man, but he could be just as terrified and insecure about his masculinity as the man who is completely effeminate. And so that's, I would never be able to look at a man and, and, and define that. Where I go with my men is really where in their life are they losing their power? Where in their life are they afraid? Are they afraid of being around other men? Are they afraid of not doing X? That's where they need to invest their energy because once they start tackling those fears, what's going to emerge is what you would call or what I would call the healthy masculinity. Because, you know, um, hundreds of years ago, really, if you wanted to be courageous, you took your sword and you went on a battlefield and you fought. Now it's a little bit different for men. They want to mm. be courageous. They want to be a warrior. The fight is an internal one. But young guys do that. You know, like the, the club guys, they're well, out on Friday, that, Saturday night, yeah, and they're beating point. people up for nothing, for no reason. Well, is that a but, function of hormones and immaturity, though? Like they need to, or, or It's an it, ego thing, too, right? Or, Well, I mean, this is going on in all age groups, right? I have yeah, uh, men that are 18 years old. But you don't old. see it as, as, as often in older men as you do in younger men. Bar fights? Bar fights, Yeah. No, okay. Eric's saying maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but again, I, I would not be able to tell what's going on on the inside of a man. Just because a man is not doing bar fights, it doesn't mean he's not feeling exactly like on the inside what that guy that's doing the bar fights is doing. Mm-hmm. I think it has right. to do with insecurity. You're not, you don't feel uh, good inside. Like I, I know someone, he, he was a little guy and he used to fight everywhere he went. And I think it was little man syndrome because <laughs> he was insecure about his height. So Eric, he, he felt ex- like he had to prove something to everybody. Yeah. Little man syndrome exists. Do you deal with that? With some no, of not that I'm aware of. I mean, it may exist. I mean, the way, the, obviously the, the framework that I look at it is, is would be shame. Right. Yeah. And, and shame is that idea of feeling inadequate, insecure, unlovable, unworthy. It's a very powerful emotion. I read the book Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and she, it talks about shame and that the power uh, is in vulnerability. And a lot of people, particularly men, don't want to be vulnerable because it's seen in society as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. But um, and that you could overcome shame from from being vulnerable in many ways. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So what shame wants to do, shame wants to hide. And so to work through shame, one has to come out of hiding. To come out of hiding means being vulnerable. Mm. Terrifying thing for a man to do. And so uh, I appreciate that. It, it is scary. I mean, it was scary for me. I mean, look at me. I, I, I had a successful corporate career. I mean, I remember when I made the decision to move into this. That was scary. I was like, geez, man. He that's... was one of the founders of Kijiji. So I was part of the three-member team that, that launched the business in 2005. Wow. And, and so... That was a really um, scary moment for me. Actually, it took me a year. For the first year, I would never tell people I was a psychotherapist. I'd say I'm a consultant. It just felt shame-inducing, wow. right? Uh, and so it took me a while to, to get comfortable with that. So with that being said, I'm just saying that I can respect how it's scary for men to, to be vulnerable. It is not easy. Okay, let's talk about sexuality issues. I know that at your clinic, you deal with a few sexuality issues, mm-hmm. uh, one of them being sexual orientation confusion. Can mm-hmm. you explain that? Yeah, so this is all rooted in everything we've been talking about. So sexual orientation confusion, incredibly uh, common and is not sexual orientation. So think about it. It's just a natural progression. If I'm starting to feel I'm inadequate as a man, And I'm starting to carry that feeling, okay? Now, what happens? I'm going to go and I'm going to meet a woman. But then when the bedroom comes, I'm still ingesting this idea that I'm inadequate as a man. So nine times out of 10, it's not going to work in the bedroom if I'm carrying that belief about myself. Now, when it doesn't work in the bedroom, I have to make sense as to why this is not working. So first, maybe what I'll do is I'll blame the woman. I'll say, 
I'm not attracted to her or she's not attractive enough. But hmm. with time, that doesn't work. Hmm. And what happens is then they'll say, maybe, maybe I'm gay, right? And they're not, they're not, they don't actually believe that they are. We have to take a break, but we're going to talk about this when we come back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Stay tuned. We're going to, we're talking about sexual orientation confusion. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. We're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I'm Laura Vellata with my co-host, Santa Carusi. Uh, we have Adam Grove from Cash Cab here. Also, Eric Pierney, a registered psychotherapist. And before the break, we were talking about sexual orientation confusion. Sorry, I had to cut you off, but please continue. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, again, so they have, they have the shame, they feel inadequate, uh, stuff doesn't work in the bedroom. And then they, they're, when stuff doesn't work in the bedroom with men, that's a terrifying place to be. I think the one thing that women don't really grasp is a, it has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with you. It doesn't matter how much weight you think you need to lose or what. No, there is nothing to do with you. This is something that the man's been carrying for a long time. Um, and so it's excruciatingly powerless place to be. And the other thing is who are they going to tell? Nobody mm. wants to go. Who are you going to go? You're not going to go to, you, you don't want to go to your best friend and say, hey, I'm having a hard time getting up in the bedroom. And so then they start to come up with reasons why this would be happening. And then one of them that they come up with is, well, well is it possible maybe that I'm gay? And then once they have that, the shame gets even further induced because they're like, well, I really got to hide all of this. Now, the one secret about men, and I laugh about this all the time, there's three and a half billion men on the planet. If we could take a blood test that can confirm whether you're straight or gay, I can assure you 3.5 billion men would be waiting in line to take that blood test because it's natural. Everybody has their moments of doubts or whatnot, but men don't accept that. They're like, no, I can't have any doubt. I can't have a moment of doubt. And so they just hide this thing and they make it into something way bigger than what it is. Ironically, most of the men that I'm talking about, they don't actually have any sexual attraction for men. They're just trying to figure out why isn't the stuff not working. Wow. And why isn't it working? Back to what we're talking about. Yeah. This old shame, this feeling that they've never actually dealt with. So I actually worked with one man and, you know, for him, it was like, oh, maybe I'm gay. Maybe it was my, 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 my wife. I'm not attracted to her anymore. But then we just had him sit there and said, hey, what are you feeling when you start engaging? And just had him feel his body. And in the end, he was terrified. Mm. Right. But he never brought himself to that awareness that he's feeling scared. So now he's trying to have sex with his wife, but he's actually feeling scared. You're not going to be able to have sex with your wife when you're feeling scared. So the first key is just noticing, I'm feeling scared. The second piece is, why am I feeling scared? Mm. What's going on here? Mm. And that's where we start to unpack stuff, right? And that leads me to the next thought uh, when we want to talk about uh, sexual dysfunction. So erectile dysfunction. So at least they say at least 50% of men in the U.S. experience some form of sexual dysfunction at some point in their lives. Um, It's one of the most common male sexual problems affecting an estimated 30 million men in the U.S. and approximately 140 million men worldwide. Um, Is this something that can improve with therapy? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that can improve with therapy. Let's be clear about sexual dysfunction. There's three primary ones that I would see in my office. One is an inability to get an erection. Two is an inability to sustain an erection. And three is an inability to ejaculate, which is actually just as significant wow. as the first one. Because men that can't get off, they're struggling and saying, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I supposed to be enjoying this? Now, there could be something going on chemically. So that is possible. Mm. And, you know, drugs can do the help and do the work. But oftentimes, um, like, let me give you an example. I have a client that he's never really asserted himself in his life, ever, in any context. But that's going to show up in the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? And so as we start working on the assertive stuff, which has nothing to do with his wife, nothing to do with anything in the bedroom, just in his day-to-day life with his boss, with his friends, he starts to feel better about himself. And that will actually, in his case, has translated into the bedroom. Because imagine how that would feel. Man, I'm finally asserting myself. That feels good. Mm-hmm. Does that come back to like that list though? Like, oh, be assertive, be a man, and that there mm-hmm. is something to the root of the millions of years of human evolution, that mm-hmm. there is something that he's like drawing out to bring him to be a, a contemporary masculine man based on that? No, I, well, I think it's for in his case, the challenge was, is that he hadn't done it. So he was terrified to assert himself. So back to where I mentioned earlier, we go to look where a man is losing power in his life. And so the question is, what's that fear? So it wasn't about being assertive, it was about getting rid of the fear. Well, no, of of being assertive by working through the fear because okay. that's where his fear was. Okay, okay Eric, I have a, a, some of my girlfriends are like, I wish my husband would take more charge in the bedroom and da 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 um, What like What could a guy do? Like, why don't they... and women often want this right mm. i think women often want that in the bedroom i like to take charge <laughs> all right but i don't know eric what to say <laughs> no no i listen <laughs> i i hear what you're saying but again it goes back to the fundamental piece about if the guy's not talking not with the woman mm-hmm. if the guy's not talking about what's going on with himself mm. you know that's why communication in a relationship is very important yeah but just to be clear so the wife is not the therapist Okay, but right? you still but have to communicate. No, 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 no. Of course, that's Good very, point. very, that's very, very important. I'm not negating that. I'm just saying that for men, in my experience, it'd be helpful for them to be with other men and start sharing this stuff with other men. So stuff that's going on in the bedroom has nothing to do with women. Nine times out of ten, it has to do with their sense of their masculinity and their sense of their how they feel when they're around other men. Right. And so we need them or at least it would be helpful if they start talking and then they, they feel freer to, to be how they want to be in the bedroom. Yeah. OK, well, we need to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about sexual issues. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But Buyers, make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. 
Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Time is just flying by. Uh, we're going to have Eric back for another segment because we're not we're not getting through everything here. So Eric Pierney is here. Uh, he's a registered psychotherapist. With uh, I'm here with Santa Cruzzi from Inside Jokes and as well Adam Grove from Cash Cab. And I want to talk about um, sexual addictive behaviors like um, when you're addicted to porn. Mm-hmm. Like how common is this? Yeah, so for me, I would say it's about 70% of uh, my practice in terms of the people that are coming to me. And it's really, really misunderstood because porn and sex addiction fundamentally really is about um, an intimacy disorder would be a better way of saying it. And it will go back to what we were talking about earlier is that it's rooted in a lot of this shame, a lot of this uh, feelings of inadequacy. The challenge with porn and sex addiction is that the porn and the sex are the symptom. They're not the actual problem. So what men tend to do is they tend to try to get rid of the symptom, but without concurrently dealing with the problem. So inevitably what will happen is that the symptom will come back. It's a little bit like you have a flood in the washroom and you're using a pail to take the water out, but you're never actually turning off the faucet. And so that's the challenge with porn and sex, that guys don't actually understand mechanically what's going on. And what they're doing is they're like, okay, let me just stop the behavior but the behavior is not the problem. Uh, and in the moment that they are wanting to watch porn or sex, they feel fundamentally excruciatingly powerless. And then the sex and the porn gives them that injection of power. When they sit there, they feel that pseudo sense of almost like they can breathe. Wow. And so, But not everybody has an issue with it, right? Some people enjoy it. They no, like it. No, They're no, like, I'm addicted to porn. Woohoo! I love it. No, no, no. So, so... The way I frame it in my practice... Because I have a friend who is, and he has no problem with it. Yeah, yeah, no. And I, I want to be... I'm, I'm porn neutral. The way I frame it in my practice is really about a healthy sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so the men come to me, and I ask them, well, what's a healthy sexuality for you? Most of the men that come to me, for them, what they want their healthy sexuality to be is a committed relationship with their partner that doesn't involve porn yeah. and involves their sexuality revolving around their primary partner. Uh, and so... It's, um, you know, there's a lot of things to be done. You can go to 12-step groups, uh, therapy. Um, there's a lot of resources available, uh, but it does take a tremendous amount of work. Sorry, Eric, are men becoming less sexually satisfied because of all the porn and it's not realistic in the bedroom? Well, with the, and well, women to too. Answer that, to answer that, this friend and that I have, Thank but, you, yeah, but this friend that I have who's addicted to porn, he actually told me that he has to watch it daily and that anytime he's with a girl or a woman, he's never 100% satisfied. And oh, just dear. to get an uh, erection's okay, but to ejaculate is like, it's, it's so hard to do because he just, he can't get to that stimulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just can't seem to get there. Yeah, so I mean, porn for for men really is a window to their greatest inadequacy, the ones that are using it uh, addictively. So their way home is they're going to have to move through their greatest inadequacy. And so there's this idea of porn-induced erectile dysfunction or whatnot, and it is possible. Uh, But most of my clients, this history of struggling in the bedroom has predated porn. And so usually what happens is they struggle in the bedroom and then porn becomes a surrogate and and it makes them feel safe because... This is a question of intimacy. There's no risk. When you're watching porn and when you're acting out uh, sexually with someone you don't care about and more importantly doesn't care about you, there's nothing to risk. Mm -hmm. There's no exposure. And so it's very easy and it feels powerful, uh, but it's incredibly painful. Are some people using it as a scapegoat? Like look at someone like Charlie Sheen, for instance, you know, it's like, oh, I blame it on me being a sex addict. You know, do some people do that? 
I'm sure there are some. I mean, no way for me to know what an individual's intention is, but I'm sure there are some that may be doing that. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming in today, Eric. Um, you know, if any of you have these issues that we discuss here on the show, um, it's at, there's absolutely nothing to feel ashamed about. In fact, there's more men struggle with feeling emasculated than you think. They just don't talk about it. Mm. If you feel like your own struggles with feeling inadequate as a man have taken control of certain aspects of your life or held you back in your love life, please don't hesitate to reach out for help. To reach out to Eric Pierney for therapy or counseling, you can book an appointment now through mentherapytoronto.com. As for Sandra, you can always catch her on Inside Jokes at 8 p.m. on Sunday, uh, right before the Dating and Relationship Show. Adam Grove from Cash Cab, thank you so much. I think your show's in reruns. It so is. It's in repeats. Yeah. Uh, and I will just throw my two. Take care of yourself. Okay. okay. Talk to people. <laughs> that's and, great. And get, th- and get there. There's no shame in that. And if that's... Yes. You need a therapist to get over the shame of seeing a therapist. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Laura underscore Bellotta. And if you're looking to meet other singles and have a good time, check out um, some of my upcoming activities and speed dating events at singleinthecity.ca. Also follow us on the Dating and Relationship Facebook page for links to past shows and to leave your comments. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. Ciao for now.